Lutz. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon. And I'm the other slut, Angel. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of sluttiness without pretending that it all makes sense. No. And let's clarify that. Slut is a term of endearment in our world. Yeah. This is a <laughs> slut positive place. So we hope you received that with gleeful joy. We're tarot sluts. We're astrology sluts. We're also just sluts with each other. We also are recording this episode of the podcast for the second time. Hey, you would think the retrograde would have ended yet. And still we were in it yesterday when we recorded in this episode and then found out that it recorded very strangely the sound yeah. was weird you wouldn't have wanted to listen to it no so we are giving you a redo and i will say we were very wild and wacky yesterday it so was we, a great episode i'm sad that we don't have it for me too to to. me too we might be a li- so i don't know what you're gonna get today we'll try to you know reactivate some of that magic but who knows if it'll be reactivated. We're going to try and relight that fire. I mean, we've lit a lot of candles, so we've got that going for us. More mm. than yesterday. It's going to be a new kind of magic, a new kind of fire. Okay, I'm ready. Well, great. Then who the hell are you? I'm Brandon Alter. I am a slut, a queer spirit healer, an astrologer, mm-hmm. a tarot reader, and a writer. And these are the things that I am. I'm other things, but I'm not going to give voice to them because those are just demons in my head right now. Wow, okay. Who are you? I'm Angel Lopez. I am a botanist, a dancer. No, you're not a botanist. I am a Shaka Khan impersonator. You don't even water the plant in your office. I have I to do it. I am a... Shaka Khan impersonator? Is that what you just said? Private detective. I've never seen this Shaka Khan impersonation. And I'm a pathological liar. Ah, you think I'd know that 12 years in. But I'm also a writer and an astrologer and a teacher of metaphysics. Yeah. And a flirt. A little. Yeah. No. You're very flirty. Why do you say that right now? Who Just was I flirting with that like, made that come to mind? The candles. I'm not flirting with any candles. The microphone. <laughs> it is so sweet. <laughs> so, so close to my lips. No, <laughs> stop. No microphone. Okay, we can hear you. Oh, sorry. You're a flirt too. No, I'm not. Actually, yeah, you're not really. No. Well, I've got to carry it for both of us. I guess so. <laughs> Sometimes you got to flirt your way through a situation. You're very good at it. It's it's beautiful to watch, actually. Oh, thank you. You were like almost flirting with the doctor today. No, I was not. I mean, a little bit. I was not. I was just being nice. No, you're being like a little like funny and. It's a playful. Yeah. Yeah, it's endearing. I'm trying to, it's charming. I'm trying to charm them you, to get them onto my yes, side. Yes, to you be are with me. a charmer. Yeah, You're that doesn't always charming. mean like flirty. Got it. Thank you for helping me to <laughs> discern the difference. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be You were flirting you with him. <laughs> you were trying to fuck him. Uh, and it didn't work. No. I've always wanted a doctor. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I hope your next husband's a doctor. <laughs> you hear that out there, everyone? Taking resumes for my next husband. All right. We're off the rails. <laughs> if this is your first time listening, we're husbands. Oh, yeah. We're so married obviously. and have been for a really long time. Happily. Monogamously. Yes. <laughs> Just to be clear. <laughs> we just like to fuck with each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've been married for almost seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Our marriage is so old, the dinosaurs collected it as a fossil. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Lord. Uh, all right. Should we do a little a little ch- 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 check-in? That's what everyone came here for. You know what? To hear about our lives. A lot of people do, actually. A lot of people yeah. really like the check-in. Yeah? Yeah. People learn from it. People always respond to your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Why don't you start? Why don't you be vulnerable on cue? Oh, Jesus. It's hard to be vulnerable on cue. Okay. I always find when I like go into like my therapy sessions, it takes me like five minutes to like lean in. Mm. 
because I'm a little like, yeah, okay, so what am I going to talk about? Hmm, I don't know. Unless I have like something very, very specific yeah. that I'm trying to work my way through, which I guess I kind of am right now. I'm really working on forgiveness. I'm really working on forgiveness of I mean, I think of myself to some degree, but I think what I've also really come to realize is like this forgiveness of the universe. Oh, did she do your own? <laughs> she did me dirty. No, I think obviously like knowing that the universe is like this, I don't even know, right? This grand energy that this is out living, there. living, breathing being i don't even know if it's a being actually it's just energy is how i see it mm -hmm. and wanting to always have faith and belief that the energy of the universe is guiding me towards what it is i desire and need and want and i think reckoning with the fact that sometimes when challenging things come my way i may have a tendency to blame the universe for them mm. i'm sure anyone listening may relate to that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when yes sometimes there are just circumstances right that i can't control because there are other people in the world who i am bumping up against and we could of course look at that from like a macro standpoint of well it's all just like Fated and destiny and you have to crash into each other. Oh, I can't believe I just evoked the movie crash Forgive me. Oh god. I know I need to forgive myself for that. I need to um, forgive Sandra Bullock <laughs> And I have I've You're just my done best it. Friend. Oh Sandy, I uh, forgive you <laughs> I forgive you. Sorry to anyone who loves the movie crash um, but uh, then I also like what was I saying? Oh, yeah, that it's all like faded, right? And like destiny and there's that element to it. But then also like my own role that I play, right? Like I can create on some level these situations that are then challenging or I'm creating the response to them that isn't probably a lot of the time the best response. And then these things happen that they make me go like, fuck you, and then I have to deal with them. And it's just taking responsibility, right? So it's like on one hand, like finding forgiveness for the universe. But on the other hand, it's ultimately really finding forgiveness for myself in like the choices I make and what I've, um, how I've responded to things. And obviously too, it's like the usual cast of characters you have to forgive too, right? Of family and my husband. Wait, what? You know. And what did I? Know, what did I do? You really want to get into it? Yeah. Here in front of all of these people. Yeah. Honey, let's not do that. What? There's nothing. Okay, fine. Let's do it. Let's, let's just lay it all out. Yeah. Let's. Okay. You did me wrong. What did I do? <laughs> just I didn't do anything. <laughs> you didn't actually. You're the most amazing supporter. Thank person. you. I know. I am. I try. I work really hard at it. You do. And you're wonderful. Thank and you. I was just being funny. I was just being playful, charming. Oh. Flirty. Oh. Well, it is when you raise your eyebrows like that and then do that very Samantha Jones wink. Put that tongue away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, I recognize too that I think a big part of my issue is that I'm always like looking to this like idea of like, when are things going to get better? And something that like came up for me in talking to um, my amazing acupuncturist about it today was that he re reminded me that like, yeah, baby girl, like there is no better. Like, you know, sure, you can like start to feel better, but there's never going, there's never a point in time where like all the pain goes away. Jam tomorrow, jam yesterday. <laughs> But never jam today. <laughs> totally. Thank you, Carol Channing. Um, yeah, like, you know, there's different layers of it, right? Different levels of it. But ultimately, like, there is no, like, you know, like, golden parade where you just feel this sense of, like, 
full liberation from all the challenges and pain. Um, I think you do. When you die. Okay, yes. <laughs> I think that's when you feel true liberation from challenge and pain. Totally. But it was like so funny when he was like, ex- when I was like saying all this stuff and he was just like, well, yeah, and you know, you, there is no like other side of life where everything looks perfect and feels perfect and you feel great and I was like oh god so what you're telling me is that like I'm just like a basic gay on Instagram you know because it's like it's like you're just like looking at all the like other gays on Instagram who are like I'm in Mykonos and like look at my perky tits you know and you're just like uh why am I like just sitting in this like room right now you know and it's like oh I just fell prey to like basic gay instagram mentality like yeah that's all it was i mean that gay in mykonos was there like five years ago and was just like posting that photo <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah and as russell my acupuncturist said like he's feeling a lot more pain than you are probably in those moments so you can't really compare and yeah. obviously that's who can say that's the devil in disguise a gay in mykonos Where's the disguise, though? Touche. Yeah. So there you have it. I don't really know if that was like a real coherent share. Definitely not. No. Yeah. For sure. But, not. you know, that's how my brain works, everyone. And this is what you came for. Cool, cool, cool. Baby, this is what you came for. Wow. Lightning. Did you like have caffeine today or like ooh, cocaine? Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's a little bump. You did have that like lidocaine up your nose. Oh, I did. I had a scope up my nose today, down my nose. Yeah, up your nose and down your throat. I mean, in the words of Iron Cara, God rest her soul, what a feeling. What a feeling. I can't imagine. Seriously. It was wild to watch the video footage of that scope. I bet. It It looked alien-like. Yeah, it was very alien-like. Like who knew the, the insides of my throat was like the landscape of Jupiter. It was more like the worms in Beetlejuice. (laughs) How rude. Or like in Dune. My throat is gorgeous. It is gorgeous and also looks a lot like a vagina. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. There's really like only a few shapes that exist, you know, and and everything kind of takes, like it's either a vagina or a phallus or a spiral. These are the only shapes that exist. Well, some, some penises are like spirals oh really Mm-hmm. and you know who you are if you're listening cool 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 <laughs> i don't know honey tell us about you i'd rather not all right so are we moving on moving on <laughs> no i was i showed up in a blank stare of vulnerability now it's your turn y'all i am like struggling i've seen it with my own two eyes. You know, I am on this like never ending grief vacation and it's just really challenging. I think in some ways being like 11 months out from my mom's passing gives me a little bit of understanding about how I engage with grief or just like how grief functions because I remember that the first few months, like really it was like the first three months after my mom died, things just like got worse. Like it, it was like I was continuing to descend and I have to remind myself of that because we're, you know, not even two months out from Noche's passing and I'm struggling to be gentle with myself because I've been in grief for almost a year now and I'm like, why are you still not functioning? Like, why do you still have grief brain? Why are you still crying every day? Why do you not have the capacity to do anything beyond the basics? Then I have to say, oh, well, you literally just started from scratch. It's like I did two back-to-back semesters without a summer vacation in between and I'm wondering why I feel so exhausted. But it's just really, it's challenging because frankly, I'm like sick of it. I'm sick of myself. I'm sick of feeling sad. I'm sick of like not having my usual mojo my usual like get up and go but I am just like still on the descent and I haven't hit the bottom of it and 
there are really only two options at this point. And one of those options is very counterintuitive to how I engage with life, which is to ignore it or repress it or like not fully embrace it, you know, and that's just like not how I do what I do. And so I just have to continue to engage with it, but I hate it. I just hate it, mm-hmm. y'all. And I'm just so tired. Like it's it's exhausting. But I will say what I am trying to shift within myself and in my life is just like adding in things that help a little bit and just focusing on that and not like being so hard on myself about like the things that like need to go but just focusing on like the things that like need to come in. So I have been really good of late about like waking up in the morning and kind of the first thing I do is Pilates or yoga or like a little combo and like getting in my body, which I think is good. And I'm cooking more, which I think is always good and kind of connects me to my Taurus North node, which always helps to some degree. And my facialist, Joni, who I've been seeing for over 20 years, who is just this amazing woman. Uh, I saw her today and she asked me, like, what brings you joy? And I was like, girl, at this point, very little. Because I'm kind of like, sometimes grief feels very raw and sometimes it feels very numb, you know? And everything just kind of gets like flattened out. But I will say over the last couple of days, I've been working on the tarot musical in a pretty like disciplined way and writing some new songs. And that does bring me some joy that like always feels good. And I had this incredible experience with this psychic last week. And one of the things that came through is that she told me that I'm going to be writing a book about grief without knowing that I had actually been taking some notes. Actually, I like the notes app in my phone is titled notes for a novel. I will never write. But it was notes I was taking during those like three months in the hospital, just about my experience. Oh, wow. You didn't tell me that. I'm very secretive sometimes. Jesus. And so I've been reviewing. You wonder why I'm taking resumes. Oh, resumes for what? Because who knows what's going on. There could be a Scandaval in our midst and I wouldn't even know it. Don't reference Scandaval when neither of us even watch Vanderpump (laughs) Rules. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you. I'm a gay on Instagram. I tune in. Do you know the name of the girl that he cheated on? Rachel. And what's the name of the one that he cheated on her with? Oh, wait. No, he cheated with Rachel on Ariana, that total scumbag Tom. I've never watched an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to interrupt you. Continue. I don't know. I've been been starting to brainstorm what this this book is, this grief book. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I think you definitely like have had so many like fascinating observations that I'm sure you haven't even shared with me clearly, but, (laughs) but I also just know that you are like so emotionally attuned to all of the experiences that you've had as well as just the work you've done, like helping move others through various portals of grief. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I think like as a healer, Um, one of the things that I'm understanding is that grief is actually a type of healing. Mm -hmm. Like grief is the type of healing that happens when you lose someone. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, an unpleasant healing, you know. It's like a a vampire facial. (laughs) (laughs) In any event, so I'm, I'm working on those things simultaneously little bit here and there and you know just trying to show up well i'm excited for you to enter your power writer era Mm. yeah but also just like reminding myself that i'm kind of like back at the beginning again you know yeah and provided like nobody else really important to me dies in the next 10 months i should be able to move out of the grief hotel come 2024. Right. Or you'll just be like a... Or I'll just be installed there. I'm just always going to be... I'm just, I will have become a permanent resident of the grief hotel. Yeah, you'll be like a 
you know, quirky lesbian who runs the front desk of the Death Lotus. Yeah. But I won't be underutilized the way she was. Thank you. What an incredible actress. So good. All right. Those are our check-ins. I hope you have not slit your wrists or smoked a cigarette or turned off the podcast. I promise things are going to get better. Yeah, we're going to get to that golden road where everything's gorgeous and amazing. Our next episode will be coming to you from Mykonos. Tits out. Tits, Parky, and out, bitches. This episode's going to be a murder to edit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. Maybe I just won't edit it. Maybe we'll just let it all hang out. Yeah, I don't even know what you'd need to edit up to this point, (laughs) personally. I don't know. When you, like, talked about spiralic dicks... What's wrong with that? I mean, what do you even mean dicks are spiralic? Like like you They're like, curved. Oh. I thought you meant like you rode them spiralically, like a like a no. like a stripper pole. No. Like you spun around them. Wow. Well a window into your mind. I mean That's disgusting. A hook is not the same <laughs> as a spiral. <laughs> what do I know? All right. Well, what we do know is our way around astrology. And so we want to give you all a little bit of a cosmic update. So we're really just going to focus this cosmic update on the great shift that has occurred, Mm -hmm. which is... Jupiter's shift into Taurus. Yeah, which is kind of a big deal just because Jupiter spends about a year in each sign, but it's 12 years before Jupiter returns to that sign. So it's been 12 years since Jupiter was in Taurus. Yeah, so you can actually look back to the summer of 2011 to the summer of 2012. That was the last time that Jupiter was in Taurus. And you can kind of get a sense of like, all right, well, what was going on for me then to get like a thematic sense of what wants to be happening for you right now? Yeah. So I think just to like break it down, like Jupiter is one of the two teachers of the solar system. Jupiter teaches through expansion and through growth. Jupiter is classically understood to be a benefic planet, meaning that he's a really nice guy. And he <laughs> brings grace and blessings wherever they go. Um, all planets are non-binary, so we'll be using they, them for planets from here on out. And wherever Taurus is in your chart is the place where Jupiter is going to bestow some blessings for you over these next 12 months. And Taurus is our first Earth sign of the Zodiac. Taurians are builders. They're slow and steady. And they're also Venus-ruled, meaning that they like nice things, they have the taste, and they also have an eye for what is valuable and what isn't. And so Jupiter, for all of us entering into Taurus, is going to challenge us to grow in terms of our relationship with the Earth, in terms of our relationship with money, in terms of our relationship with the resources that support our lives. Yeah. Jupiter is one of the two big teachers, you know, we have Jupiter and then we have Saturn and Jupiter is, you know, she's that like that lovely, kind teacher. You know, if you listen to that episode, I think maybe it was our last episode where Brandon talked about their teacher who would dress up, you know, in inappropriate clothing to like help teach lessons about things. That's a Jupiter teacher. It wasn't always inappropriate. It was just sometimes (laughs) inappropriate. Exactly. Like, I don't think it was inappropriate when she dressed up as like Johnny Appleseed. No. No. Do you? No, I don't think so. Okay. But when she dressed up like Victoria's Secret, that was... She did not dress up like Victoria's Secret. She dressed up like Pocahontas, (laughs) which, yes, is problematic. Um, But very Jupiterian, right? Like, to come in and try to, like, teach through, like, a joyful expression of things. And so... That's kind of how Jupiter wants to move through that Taurus area of your life by creating opportunities for you to learn, to grow, to expand. Um, 
but you know they are still lessons so it's not always like just you know pixies and roses um you still have to push yourself outside of a comfort zone but it's much more you know there's much more i think access to optimism and joy if you take on the lessons yeah i think jupiter is the principle of expansion and saturn is the principle of contraction or restriction mm -hmm. And so we can think of Jupiter like the watering can. And if the seeds are there and Jupiter comes by, it's going to grow. But if Jupiter is just water and dirt, nothing's going to grow because you're the one that's responsible for planting the seed. I like to say, like, I like the way you say water and watering, water and water and just the watering can is a watering can. <laughs> it's cute. Uh, but yeah, it is pretty much. And I, I always love even like looking at the symbol for Jupiter. It kind of has like a watering vessel. Type look oh yeah to it, like a handle with a pour totally spout um so yeah so look to where you have taurus and you know it's gonna go from now until next june mm -hmm. i believe um but it's really just gonna get from zero to 15 degrees um, between now and the end of this year so anyone who has stuff between those the first half of taurus is gonna really feel the jupiter effect this year and the next year, people with that second half will really get the uh, the bump, the bonus. Yeah, so it's just important for you to understand, like, what is happening in my chart around Taurus? Like, what house or houses does it occupy? Are there any planets? Also, like, are there any aspects? Like, if you have a lot of fixed planets, you know, like, if you have... Aquarius, Scorpio, or Leo planets, then Jupiter moving into Taurus is going to activate them. Mm -hmm. If you have any Earth planets, you know, Virgo, Capricorn, then there might be some trines. Or if you have anything in Pisces or in Cancer, then there's some sweet little sextile energy that might be happening for Jupiter with you in your chart. And if you have nothing in Taurus, don't panic, because I'm sure you got something in those other five signs I just mentioned. And even if you don't have anything in those signs, then you still have the houses that Taurus occupies in your chart. Exactly. And that's where Jupiter is going to live for the next 12 months. And I think what's interesting just about this Jupiter transit specifically is that Jupiter will not be leaving this sign. It's actually very Taurian in a way because like Taurans love to linger. And in some ways, like they're, they're very stubborn, like they're hard to get them to budge. And so I kind of love that when Jupiter's in Taurus, like when it retrogrades, it's not retrograding out of Taurus. It's still going to be in Taurus the whole time. Yeah. So there is something nice about about that and you know Taurus energy is something we've been feeling for a while because Uranus has been there you know making things a little crazy and I think Jupiter brings a little bit of a stabilizing influence or at least some more luck to a slightly more ravaged part of the zodiac that we've been experiencing mm -hmm. totally um yeah looking in hindsight we moved in together during Jupiter and Taurus yeah and we got Noche. And we had Noche. Noche. Right at the beginning of it. Right at the beginning. So that was a big expansive year for us in our relationship. So I guess our, so well, no, but our relationship has Jupiter and Aries probably. Yeah. But we're going to get another dog. What? No, it's probably not going to happen that <laughs> soon. Even though this psychic did say that Noche was going to send a dog for us. I know. She was like, it's not going to be Noche. It's going to be a very different energy. I think she said it was going to be a female body to talk. Mm-hmm. Is that what you listen to the recording most yeah. recently? Yeah. So maybe that'll be, maybe that'll be, maybe before Jupiter leaves Taurus. Maybe, yeah. By like next spring, we could be ready. He's cooking it up. Yeah. All right. Well, that's your little mini lesson in it, Jupiter and Taurus. We'll be yeah. talking about it this whole next 12 months as yeah. we're doing cosmic updates and astro clubs. And we actually have an astro club coming up. Our Gemini season astro club is Monday, May 22nd at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Um, but yeah, you can go to our website, thespiritualgaze.com to sign up for that and all the other offerings that we have. Yeah, and it's a big week because of Jupiter moving into Taurus, but also the sun is going to shift into Gemini, and also Mars is going to shift into Leo. So when planets change signs, you really feel it. 
And so this is this is a big week, and we will be using Astro Club to kind of talk about that. But also, we kind of maybe want to rebrand Astro Club a little bit and call it yes. Astrology Lab and Laser. Yeah, we uh, created that in our last Astro class. It was kind of like the the linger in the hall session that we had at the end of the class. And we just liked the feeling of just like everyone kind of like communing and asking questions and being in conversation. And we've been really trying to find a way to shift Astro Club into that that vibe just because we love everyone who tends to come and everyone in there really wants to like, I feel like be more in conversation. Yeah. And I feel like it's more fun that way than just us being like two lecturing heads. Yeah. Well, it's an opportunity to like ask to working astrologers your questions about astrology that you're having trouble, you know, like finding in like blogs online, you know. So we will have some things that we will want to talk about for like the season coming up, you know, like maybe the new moon and the full moon or if there's anything interesting happening or just like general themes. But these are like 90 minute sessions. So we figure come with questions or we'll just kind of see like an open astrology forum so that way um, you have a place to come and to grow your knowledge and also just like make astrology work for you in your life. You can make astrology work for you. Do you know what was so interesting about that? So I did see a throat doctor today because I've been having these weird throat issues. I was there. Yeah, but why not? But I'm telling the people who are Oh, listening. they weren't there. But interestingly, I have a zero degree, like, and very, like, zero degree in, like, three-minute, like, um, Chiron. Chiron in Taurus, um, which rules the throat. So I just think it was very interesting that Jupiter, like, brought me to this throat doctor. Like, and he was... Literally, as it was conjunct. The best doctor. Oh, it was literally conjunct when we were in the office? I believe so. That is wild. Right? Well, he and was he amazing. was like a total Jupiter doctor. Oh my God. He was maybe the best doctor I've ever seen in my life. And I didn't even <laughs> see him. I was just I was just there for moral support. But he was so good. His bedside manner, his intelligence. Do you think he's single? I <laughs> doubt it. I didn't look to see if he was wearing a wedding ring. <laughs> just play. Because honestly, that's not a thing that I do. Is no. that a thing you do? Do you look and see if people wear wedding rings? No, or else I would know if the doctor was married or not. Yeah, I don't know. I've got my wedding ring. I don't ring. think he was gay, though. No, I don't think so either. I didn't get a gay vibe. I got like like straight dad, kind straight dad vibe. Yeah, like goofy straight dad guy. Yeah, like goo goo goo. But not like that goofy. No, but like kind of goofy. A little. But like sensual goofy. Okay, all right. <laughs> What are we going to do with you? I'm a mess. Something else your psychic said. Well, yeah. Yeah, that husband yours. He was a real mess. Oh, my God. Seriously. All right. Let's not go into that. So now we're going to shift into this episode's Deep Dive. All right, so this is our Tarot Deep Dive Volume 5. Of Pentacles. Exactly. And we didn't plan it that way. Um, I have been wanting for quite some time, really like since like last fall, to do an episode on the Five of Pentacles because it is the card that I think most people uniformly are afraid of. And I wanted to redeem it because I've had some aha moments around it. And then... Uh, just recently, when we recorded the first try of this podcast yesterday, <laughs> we realized that this is our fifth volume. And so I think that's just kind of funny that this is our fifth tarot deep dive. And it's literally all about the five of pentacles. We are redeeming the five of pentacles. Redeem yourself. All right. So here's the deal. The tarot is not like playing a game of old maid. Which is What'd a, you call me? Oh, goddess. So remember that game where like is a card game and the goal was to like not end up like holding the old maid card, right? So like if you got the old maid card, you were like, oh, God, oh, no, you know? Yes. Yes. So I and think- And it needs a rebranding. It does. And I've decided it should be the gorgeous crone game. I mean, I would play that game. Yes. I mean, I- Oh, thank God. I, I got the, gorgeous the gorgeous crone. crone. You win everything. I mean, indeed. 
Indeed. So maybe that's the way we should start to think about the Five of Pentacles is it's not the Old Maid card. It's the Gorgeous Crone card. Mm-hmm. Because from a soul-centered perspective, what the tarot does is it gives us the whole spectrum of experiences that we're going to have in our life. And every experience is, in fact, sacred, even if they aren't all enjoyable. And so if we're approaching the tarot from a soul-centered perspective, every single card is a gift. It has power and wisdom and magic to share. And so the Five of Pentacles is not outside of that. It's just a card that might take a little bit more courage to fully unravel. So I want to start by just talking about fives and then just talking about pentacles. And then we'll talk about the five of pentacles itself and how we might redeem our understanding of it. Great. All right. So fives, just in terms of the symbology of the number five, are halfway, right? Like if you are on the road from ace to 10 or 10 to ace, by the time you get to five, you are right around the halfway point. And usually right around the halfway point are when things need to change. And sometimes that change is just that like, you know, some of the things that you've been carrying in your purse for the journey, you realize you don't need anymore. You're like, why did I pack this in the first place? And there are other things that you realize are really valuable. And so it's just a, it's just fives always offer us the opportunity to kind of change direction to some degree. And fives are sacred contractions sixes are expansions fives are contractions so even connecting it to the way we talked about earlier you know fives feel more saturnian sixes feel more jupiterian Mm -hmm. now of course there are many different schools of numerology and you might have your own relationship with the number five that doesn't vibe with this and that's totally groovy for you but this is the way we teach and kind of the way we work and so i'd like to share with you from the sacred magic of the kabbalah the science of the divine names by manly p hall just a few of the things that he wrote about the number five because for me it really kind of opens up uh, a gateway into understanding not just the fives but especially the five of pentacles so manly p hall says that the mystery of the number five is made up of the four elements plus spirit which, like the coordination between the human thumb and the fingers, cooperates with the four elements, but is not with them, for it works by opposition. So just that is interesting. If you think about your four fingers work together, your thumb works with them, but is not part of them, and it works in opposition. And it's that opposition of the spiritual to the physical that allows us to do things that Basically, no other creature without opposable thumbs can do, right? Mm -hmm. So there's something about the opposition between spirit and matter that allow us to move in ways that we wouldn't be able to move if everything were just physical and going groovy. Yeah. So just to begin there. He continues to say that the geometric form of this condition, the condition being the mystery of the number five, is the pyramid in which one corner rises from the four corners of the base. When the four elements have become the pedestal upon which the spirit stands as a city upon a hill, and not with stone walls which close it in, then man has reached the spiritual number of the five. So this too is really interesting, this idea that the way you structure those five is not to hoard the spirit inside these four walls and just keep it to yourself, but to actually let that spirit be the thing which is seen and everything physical is trying to raise it up. And so sometimes if we are hoarding the spirit, we might find that those walls get broken apart, Hmm. perhaps by the spirit itself. Mm -hmm. It's like trying to keep a genie in a bottle. Come, come, come on in, let me out. (laughs) All right, Manly P. Hall continues by saying, only those who have lived life through and have risen above life and its uncertainties can truly comprehend the mystery of the number five. Mm. So the number five, you know, she ain't for sissies. Actually, she's totally for sissies, because here we are. (laughs) I was going to say. And so what might be challenging about the number five is that if you're coming from the number four, which is all about foundations, 
The number five challenges your worldview. It says there's more than just the physical. There's more than just the four elements. There is this invisible thread that actually weaves everything together, and that must be raised up above all else. Okay. So now pentacles. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, you know, because pentacles are a five-pointed star within a circle. Right. So interestingly enough, it almost feels like that spirit contained within oh yeah so the five of pentacles represents that moment when maybe the spirit is trying to break free mm. pentacles are physical when we get a pentacles card we're being asked to explore the physical nature of our life things that we can touch and taste and smell and feel and fuck and cash and shop so pentacles are the building blocks of ordinary reality and we need them they speak to our resources, to things that we can count, you know? So that includes time, money, your possessions, your food, um, you know, your bank account, mm -hmm. how many wheels you got on your car. You know, like these are all pentacle things. Your body, certainly, your yeah, health, you know? Exactly. Your well-being. So pentacles are very important. But I think what makes the five of pentacles so challenging is that it's when we invite spirit into the physical and things get a little messy. Well, because when it comes to like pentacles, it's a very practical energy and there's nothing practical about spirit. So it becomes disjointed and even kind of afraid, right? Yes. And I would argue that quote-unquote logic brain that sometimes the pentacles can rule it's like i can't see it i can't touch it i can't taste it what's its value? so where is it what is it yeah how do i use it well and the truth is is that a pentacle is a symbol of magic like that is its origin yeah and so what that is suggesting is that while these are the building blocks of ordinary reality they start in the invisible you know, anything that we want to do starts as an idea first, starts in the dream world. It starts as a spirit, essentially. And then it's our job to give it a form, to bring it into reality. Yeah. Or in some cases, listen to how it wants to come into form and not impose, you know, our own what we think is best upon it. So that brings us to the five of pentacles. So when we look at the Five of Pentacles, what are we looking at? All right, so it's snowy, it's cold, it's a wintry moment. There are two beggars, two unhoused, kind of broken down, bedraggled humans. One is physically injured, is on crutches, and they're walking by a church. There are the Five Pentacles arranged in a stained glass window. So they are people in need and they are walking by a place that theoretically should be able to help those who are in need and yet they are kind of oblivious to it. Simultaneously, there's no door visible. So it's unclear how they would even get in in the first place. So this is the scene. And the scene itself is a sad scene. You know, it, there is suffering. There is physical suffering that is depicted in this card. But suffering is actually where the magic of this card begins. Because it is, in my experience, and in the experience, I think, of many cultures around the world through a lot of time, that the spirits are uniquely attracted to us when we are suffering. There's something about when we are in pain, when we are broken down, that really calls the spirits close to us. And that's not to say that the spirits aren't attracted to us when we're in joy and when we're in community and when we're in connection, because they certainly are. But I think when things are going well, we are less likely to try to reach out for spiritual support. Mm -hmm. And we all know that even if you're not religious, even if you don't believe in a goddess, if you are on an airplane and there is really bad turbulence, you are probably going to start to pray. Oh, yes. So there's something about the Five of Pentacles where spirit, life, the goddess, the compassionate cosmos, your own spiritual self, whatever you want to call it, is shaking 
at the physical foundation of your life so that spirit can no longer be hidden but can be set free to be the organizing principle of your life. So it can be that city on a hill. So we also know that there are practices of voluntary suffering that attract the spirits, whether it's fasting or silence or dancing for days on end or foregoing certain things, right? These, these practices that exist cross-culturally that bring us closer to spirit because we are willingly suffering. We are saying, I am going to put aside my physical comfort so that I can have a connection with the spiritually divine. And this is important too, because if you are willingly sacrificing your comfort, you know, sometimes the five of pentacles isn't you willing, it just happens. But sometimes it is you making a decision. And so sacrifice literally means to make sacred. That's what the word breaks down to mean. So when we sacrifice our comfort, we are actually making more sacredness out of our life, and that is part of why the spirits are attracted to us. So my aha moment with the Five of Pentacles that I've honestly never seen written anywhere, so trademark me, bitches, but also maybe you've seen it somewhere, but I've never seen it. This was like, this just came to me, was in understanding that the answer is there in the image. This is the genius of Pamela Coleman Smith. Mm -hmm. The crutches are wands. Yeah. They're made of the same substance. They're the same color. They're that same wooden quality that all of the wands have throughout the tarot. And so it's right there. Look, spirit is holding you up because we know that wands are spiritual. So, yes, they are suffering. Yes, it is cold. But they are still alive and they are they are being held upright by spirit. Wow, it's quite a commentary actually on organized religion if you think about it from that perspective. Indeed. So maybe they don't even need the church in the first place. Mm-hmm. But also the door to the church is not a place you can go physically. It's a place you have to go spiritually. Right. Okay, but how are we redeeming it, right? Because, you know, I mean, we're, we're trying to give it some context, but it still probably doesn't sound like the best thing that could ever happen to you. <laughs> of course. Especially when, like, the traditional takes on it are, like, so harsh. Oh, yes. Let's do that. Yeah, like, what are the traditional takes of the Five of Pentacles? So before I tell you why it's great, we are going to read off <laughs> some of the accepted traditional but also slightly basic interpretations of this card life's difficulties material trouble temporary financial hardship negative change in circumstances feeling left out in the cold financial loss recession feeling the world is against you adversity Struggle, hardship, bad luck, homelessness, poverty, unemployment, financial ruin, bankruptcy, outcast, alienation, illness, divorce, breakups, scandal, disgrace. So, yes, if this is how you are coming to the tarot, I understand why the Five of Pentacles may not feel <laughs> like the gorgeous crone when you pull her. Yeah, exactly. However, the truth of this card is a reminder that physical reality is limited. And what we touch in the Five of Pentacles is divinity. It's a card that reminds us that help is available and that, in fact, help is already here, even though you may not be aware of it. So that help could be in the physical form, but I do think that what Pamela is suggesting with the fact that they are outside of the church and it's the crutches that are being the support and the uplift is that it's really about support from the invisible world mm -hmm. and starting to understand like who your allies are, who your ancestors might be Yeah, that can really help you when shit gets rough. 
And that is beautiful because there might be some relationships that you would only ever be able to experience when you are broken down and then broken open, when the spirit is set free. And also reminding you, and this is so cliche, but it's also so true that you are a spiritual being having a human experience and it's not the other way around. And we get really mired in the handbags and the politics and and those perky tits in Mykonos when really there's so much more, you know? And so when the five of pentacles shows up for you, Mm -hmm. you probably already know it. (laughs) You know, maybe you don't. Maybe it's because your car is going to break down that day. And you don't know, and, and you know, that's not, you're not going to be like, woohoo, can't wait to have my car broken down today. But if you can remember that there are unseen forces that are helping you, if you can remember that you're actually being guided towards something that's going to be sweeter than the stability that you are seeking in the physical reality, because fives are about change and all things change. Your body is going to age. Your house is going to decay. Your accomplishments are going to fade with time. This is just the nature of being alive. But you know what doesn't fade? You know what only gets sweeter? And you know what you actually get to take with you after you die? Your relationships with the invisible world. Your ancestors will be there and you will be gathered unto them when you pass on. Your power animals and your angelic realm friends and even just your higher self will carry with you. Your Chanel will not. It will get left to your children who will enjoy them. (laughs) But you will not get to wear them in the great beyond. Right. Or if you don't have children, to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think that's all so valuable, especially just to know like when it shows up for you to really like have it be that like moment on the plane, right? And just be like, all right, spirit, like... How do I handle this? Help me move through this. Show me the way, you know? It's like a really, I think, just like great perspective to have on it as opposed to the like, ah, hell, it's all going to fall apart now. Well, yeah, and I think just remembering that everything is sacred, especially the really bad shit. Yeah. The really bad shit is super sacred. When you break a bone... When you lose a job. When you lose a loved one. You understand something deeper about what this experience is. For sure. And so it's not the Empress and it's not the star. No, it's the gorgeous crone. It's the gorgeous crone. And she's there for you. Yes, queen. And sometimes, if you've been running around, just focusing on keeping your tits perky in Mykonos, the gorgeous crone is going to knock you upside the head so that you finally get still and maybe even sad enough to notice her. Yeah. So she can make your tits even perkier than you could ever imagine they could ever be. Yeah. She may remind you, you shouldn't be in Mykonos. Because your car's being repossessed because you haven't paid on it for three months. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> She's say, honey, you can't afford to be here in Mykonos. Exactly. You could have, you could barely afford those pectoral implants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we hope that that was some redemption for you on the Five of Pentacles. Let us know, you know, your experiences with the Five of Pentacles. We want to know, and now what we want to give you is a little taste of tarot. Well, another taste of tarot with this week's tarot card of the episode. All right, everybody. So here we go. Just take a moment and drop down into your heart. If it is safe for you to close your eyes, maybe take a moment and do that. And just connect to the cards by listening into the sound of them being shuffled. And just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. Just one card to help us make the most of 
whatever our life is presenting to us until we meet again. The Four of Pentacles reversed. Ooh. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. So close. The moment before. The moment before. So we can actually kind of see how the Four of Pentacles leads to the Five of Pentacles because the Four of Pentacles is gripping very tightly. So there is this figure and they are holding on to one pentacle, which is literally covering their throat chakra and their heart chakra and their solar plexus chakra. They've got another pentacle that is literally being worn like a crown, which is blocking their crown chakra. And they have their feet, each one on a different pentacle, which is blocking their relationship to the earth. They are literally shut off from above and below and their own heart because they are holding so tightly to these pentacles. So generally, the Four of Pentacles, when it shows up, asks us to explore this. Where are you controlling the most? Because that is where you are trusting the least. And so trust is another way of connecting with spirit, where we have trust, where we have faith. We are surrendering what we think is best to a higher power. So you can see how if you continue to hold more and more tightly, eventually spirit's going to come knocking at your door and make you lose all those pentacles so that you can wake up to this world in the first place. Now, it can also sometimes suggest that there is a new physical foundation that wants to come through for you. When it is reversed, it's really saying, let go a little bit. Loosen your grip a little bit. The strongest trees know how to bend with the wind. They have a flexibility. Where you are too rigid, you will break. And while we have redeemed the Five of Pentacles, this gorgeous crone, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to be with her all the time. And so my wish for each and every one of you is that you find some flexibility so that perhaps you can avoid the complete breakdown in order to break through. This can also sometimes be like needing to rearrange some of the physical resources in your life, putting some of your money here as opposed to there, putting some of your time on your health as opposed to your work, or there is a redistribution of resources that's wanting to happen for you. And that makes sense too, especially with all these planets changing signs. It's new energy coming in, and that can be quite jarring. We're going to have Mars in a fire sign. Mars hasn't been in a fire sign in over a year. It's going to be very different for us, you know? And we have Jupiter in an Earth sign. Jupiter has been in an Earth sign in over four years. It's going to be very different. So notice where you are being stubborn, positional, and rigid. And you don't got to drop it all, but just see if you can find a little bit of shimmy, a little bit of give, a little bit of letting go. It will go a good long way for you. Will do. Thank you for that. It's very helpful. I'm excited for Mars to be in Leo. Like, charge forth with joy. I'm here for it. And I'm here for all of you. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to our show, to engage with us on the social medias if and when you do. Um... And to those of you who have left us a review and a rating in the past, thank you. And we encourage those of you who haven't, we would love it if whatever platform you listen to us on, if you could really take a moment to rate us, five stars please, and review the show. Just drop a few words of love, encouragement. You know, Pride season's coming up and we literally have gay in the title. So we would love it if, you know, it's just like a little bit of, you know, just a little sprinkle of queer joy. You would sprinkle a little our way. You know, it actually makes a really big difference. And it makes a really big difference to us who read them and who get really joyful when we see those little reviews. Because the truth is, we're just two weirdos in our <laughs> office talking into microphones. Yeah, just sitting here in our underwear. Like... We don't know who's out there, what's happening. Do you like it? Is this resonating? I mean, We've if been they've doing made it this, this far, I would hope they like it. For almost five years. Yeah, our five-year anniversary is next month. And maybe we'll throw a ticker tape parade. But um, 
We want to make sure somebody would show up. Yeah, so leave us a review if you're so inclined. It would mean the world to us. Share yes. us with a friend. And if you know you know how to get this podcast on some of those like pride best podcast lists that never seem to pay attention to us, let us know. It's probably too late. They probably already put those together yeah, like yeah, months girl. ago. But yeah, for next year, we'll still be here and we'll still yeah. be queer. Yeah, and we'll get that write-in vote. So thank you all so much. We truly, truly adore you all and uh, appreciate you very much. You can always find out everything we have going on at thespiritualgaze.com. And you can engage with us on all of the social media platforms. Just search The Spiritual Gaze with a Z, G-O-I-Z. You'll find us. You know what? This episode was better than the one we did yesterday. I agree. I'm grateful. Thanks, Spirit, for breaking down our episode so that we could set you free. It was a five of pentacles moment. Until next time, this has been your transit through the spiritual game.